And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Offsides, the unofficial official podcast of Charlotte Football Club. I am your host, Andre Robledo, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Pab Nasty Robledo. Pablo, how's it going? Hey, always and forever. It's okay, I guess. <laughs> it was a thrilling week of uh, playoff youth soccer. I mean, gosh, I've never been energized over anything in my entire life. Yeah, going to watch uh, your young daughter play. Sick. That was a that was a pretty high energy playoff game. <laughs> Just the fact that her team made the playoffs was pretty cool, and then like the comeback that they made from that was awesome. Because like they got scored on early, and then yeah. you're like, oh, there it is. Back but it then up. they came back and like won. It. I'm like, wow, By a like, lot. <laughs> She was like, yeah, we won. I was like, yeah, you want a playoff game? She was like, what does that mean? Like, I was like, even the Panthers don't make the playoff. Like, you should be excited. <laughs> yeah. How old are they again? Like those it's kids? It's like a eight to ten year old. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. That one blonde-headed kid, he's pretty good. He yeah, he is pretty team. good. He put three in. I like uh, how upset parents get, too. Like, had the ball and the ref calls. They're like, ah, come on. Yeah. Ah, let them play. It's rules. <laughs> Gotta follow the rules. Uh, anyways, so big week ahead. A little bit of a... And for listeners, that's why this episode is delayed. We're out watching and supporting youth soccer. Uh, youth playoff soccer. Especially when it involves one of our own. <laughs> that's right. Um, but big week ahead. A lot of news. Uh, and then we've got both matches that we're going to cover. The uh, one against Richmond first. And then the one against Montreal. Which feel both of them feel like a lifetime ago. But to uh, kick off the news, we got the big rumors that I think by the time this episode has come out have been squashed, but it'd be fun to talk about anyways, that Lionel Messi, a.k.a. the GOAT, might be joining Inter-Miami for 35% ownership of the team, and I'm sure a hefty salary as well. What uh, what do you think of the news? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's not happening, pretty sure it's fake news, but uh, what would you think if that was actually you know going to be an actual thing yeah i think i saw that on the uh fox soccer report that came out and it was like i mean right away they even said it uh that it was that it was all rumor and like this was not gonna happen <laughs> and he did not have any plans to retire like switch over uh it was like all on the same post like they posted that he might be coming over to inner miami and he might be getting like Hard ownership and all this stuff, and then then like right below it, you could see it was like, this has been confirmed to be false. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> like fake news or what is going on? They probably just corrected it. After yeah, the post. yeah. I mean, they post. did correct. Yeah, it, they they corrected it, and I was like, well, why even still have it up? But I I could see like people getting hyped up about it, but I yeah. still don't think that like we need to be focusing on. Like bringing players like him to, I don't know, Miami probably could use him. But, I mean, there's so many other players uh, in those leagues that could benefit from coming over to the MLS um, Mm -hmm. and making the the game better. Like, I don't think Messi or Ronaldo or any of those guys coming over here is going to make the MLS, like, more popular or things like that. It's like, I mean, it's slowly happening. Yeah. And I think for people to take the league more seriously probably i think it needs to start kind of going away from that model of like bringing in older european guys who you know this is the last team they're going to play for as an mls team just so it can kind of like because the stigma around the mls now it's just like oh it's where good players go to retire because it's Mm -hmm. easy money 
and like the junkyard it, league. So. Yeah, so if you want to be taken more seriously, I think you gotta get away from that and maybe ease up on some of the salary cap stuff and start bringing in some more like premier talent. And the only way yeah. you can do that, especially from European talent, is with you know, spending. Like they need to money. start tapping into like some of these other uh, leagues, especially in like South America, where there's like a lot of just Brazil's got so many. Um, good teams out there that and where yeah. like you know Neymar's came out of there Ronaldinho's came out of there Robinho like all those guys have came out of there but so does Colombia so does Argentina so does Mexico Mexico's got good league so like start tapping into that yeah I mean you could see uh <clears throat> MLS kind of become like what the uh the French league or the Dutch league is or even the the Portuguese league is it's like kind of where you go find the next mm-hmm. big player you know and it's all a lot of like young up-and-coming superstars who are really talented yeah exactly so, I mean, like, I'd, I'd like to see that i always think that's more interesting to see anyways than right seeing the big superstars yeah like like where um you know they this is their starting their stepping stone and then yeah. then they go over to europe and play like that the, i would be fine with that mm-hmm. you know like i think you and i have discussed this like we we think you know Lindsay could be one of those players or even bender could be one of those players where they go eventually get drafted to these overseas uh teams um just because they started out young and like their talent is just so raw yeah so and there's just so i mean there's just so many teams out there that there's a lot of like spots open that you know fender and Lindsay, they can probably be like a a big fish in a little pond here Mm -hmm. uh, or they can you know go to a, a bigger pond so to say and play like you know Maybe not necessarily for like yeah. Man City or Man United, but like well, they could like just even stay here and play for like a, a small club like Tottenham or something. Well, no, I was gonna say like you know just just keep it local or keep it you know keep the talent here. Um, yeah, that's like one thing that I always uh, respected um, Clint Dempsey for was. You know, I think he did eventually play for a European. Team. Maybe I think not. you mean Landon Donovan. He always no. played for LA Galaxy. Dempsey yeah. went to Europe. He played for Dempsey Fulham played, and then okay. Tottenham for a little bit. Yeah, but he but, uh, also played for was it? Yeah, I think he came back, but again, it was like at the end of the yeah, okay, of his then, career. But then Donovan did as well. But anyways, like those guys, like yeah, so Donovan came, kept I their think, main talents here. Yeah, so Donovan he had when he was a teenager, like trials at Bayern Munich, and was like mm-hmm. on the on the youth team and like the reserve team, but decided to just you know come back to LA and play for the Galaxy and. Like the whole main MLS season, he was you know playing for Galaxy, and then the off season, he'd go to Europe and play mm-hmm. for the for the winter time. But then once MLS season started again, he'd go back and play again for LA. Because I remember like for a couple years there, he'd like go and be on loan to Bayern Munich for like two three months, and then Everton for like the next year for a couple months. Mm. And it was always rumored like maybe this year he'll finally make the full step but no he always just stayed in the MLS. Yeah. Well that's you know like that's another option that could always um help boost the the MLS is like you just keep it here. But yeah, I don't think you need big signings like that. And and I know we've discussed this in the previous uh episodes, but yeah, yeah. that messy coming over here is definitely false. Like <laughs> yeah. partially reading that I'm like, no way. I think it's more likely he probably goes back to Barcelona for like a year or two and then retires. Right. Yeah. Like what Danny Alves is doing now. Or like Ronaldo. Yeah. Or like what Ronaldo's doing at Man United. Um, Moving on to the next piece of news you wanted to cover. FIFA 23 will be the last FIFA game uh, that 
is I guess both in partnership with EA and FIFA. I guess they're branching off. Both are branching off to do their own thing after uh, FIFA 23, just due to not being able to come into terms for the rights and all that that FIFA own. So EA is going to make their own their own soccer game, and I guess FIFA is going to find another developer to, uh, to sell all their rights to or whatnot. However, that works. I've no yeah, idea. Yeah, it was like uh, yeah, EA is making their own their own EA game, FC. and they're gonna. Um, most likely keep the same formula because I mean they do it yeah. for everything else. Uh, but then FIFA is gonna work with other developers and make their own game. Uh, when when I saw that post, I thought I was like, "Well, oh, that'd be interesting." Because then, like you know, because I think everybody plays FIFA, like everybody knows FIFA. Yeah. And then there's a small portion of us out there that like know about winning eleven or you know Pro Evolution Soccer. Yeah. Um. Which, you know, when they started, they barely had rights to uh, some of those licenses. Like, some of the, like, Manchester United used to be called, like, West West Ham or something like that. And they didn't have rights to the logo. Yeah, I remember Chelsea was London FC. Right. That was always confusing. Yeah. just But now, like, you know, they have rights to a lot of the logos and other teams, and they're growing. Um and then, like, their style of play was just different and it seemed yeah. more realistic. And, like, I think you and I always enjoyed those games better. Yeah. Uh, and now FIFA's just kind of grown into its own beast. And um, I think it'll give it more room for these other games, like, developers to, like, kind of put them out, put their brand out there and see what players like best. Yeah, I think uh, when I saw the news and I saw what, like, people were reacting to, they were like, oh, my gosh, yes, like, now we're going to get a good game from ea and i'm like i don't think fifa was the problem with ea making the same game right every year. No. i think it's mostly them so i think the i know a lot of people are you know they announced that their their game is going to be called like ea fc mm-hmm. uh, and i think a lot of people are excited about that but it's just going to be the same thing it's just going to be the same old thing i mean yeah. ea all they do is just copy and paste yeah it's it all the and the only reason i'm looking forward to like this last FIFA EA FIFA game is going to be like one it's going to be the last one so it's going to be a little bit of like memorabilia yeah like um when was it when I think 2K put out the uh a wrestling game because they, they put out those showcase games mm-hmm. like when they put Stone Cold on the cover I was like oh I'm getting this one just because like he's never going to be in the cover again <laughs> yeah I'll probably get that like EA FIFA 23 because it's going to be the last one before they split off and then yeah Hopefully it's got like Charlotte on there and uh take the team from there. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. Miguel. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean I don't have much else to say about that. No, yeah, it's just kind of fun little bit of news there. Yeah. And then uh the MLS salaries were all uh disclosed this week and turns out that we were uh ranked second last in spending, I guess. Um and then a little bit, and you know, as before we were starting the show, I did see that uh, the one of the directors of Charlotte FC was, you know, he had an, he held a press conference talking about it, and uh, <clears throat> I think was saying more like, you know, if you include like acquisition costs of all the players and stuff, we're really more like seventh, but it still seems pretty odd to be so low as a new team who had to, you know, buy the whole team this year, basically. Uh, and to still have teams outspending you who are just buying like a couple pieces mm-hmm. uh, seems a little bit weird. But you know, w- what are your thoughts on on that report? Um, I mean, 
I, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, think about it from a player's perspective. You know, if you're negotiating a contract, do you really want to come over to a new club where mm-hmm. they're going to be figuring out, you're going to have, you know, they're figuring out the formation, figuring out the team chemistry, figuring out their starters. Yeah. So it's not, you're not going to have a great track record the first couple of years, most likely. Do you really want to have all those bad stats on your resume? Um, yeah, I didn't think about that. And not only that, but you, like not only is it a new team, but it's also a pretty like young coach as well. So mm-hmm. it's not like a new team, but with like a really experienced staff. It's like right. It's just like a bunch of unknowns coming together. Yeah. So there's a, like a lot of different variables going in there, and then also you know like you have a new team to choose from, or do you go to like a more established team that has yeah. you know for example like a Philly that you know they have a winning track record right now. They probably have a some silver in their um showcase so it's like it's kind of a no-brainer when you get to pick um your contracts where maybe like some of these players that we got where it's just bottom of the barrel yeah um although not to, to say that they're bad like i think i thought i think a lot of our players right now are, are really good and we're lucky to have them um it's just the talent's not getting used correctly yeah but we can discuss that later yeah, oh, and we will. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you could see like, you know, you you got to you got to pay to play and if he's not spending that much money, it kind of shows a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, I guess at least there is like the cap and everything to prevent the whole, I mean, like what you see in a lot of the big European leagues now of like just one team has all the money and just buys mm-hmm. all the good players. At least like the cap here in MLS does make it a little bit more interesting from a competitive standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. We need some, uh, Saudi princess, some of that oil money, (laughs) that oil. (laughs) Uh, and then last piece of news, it looks like, uh, Kerwin Vargas is arriving in Charlotte soon and could be available as soon as the next U S open cup match or against, uh, Seattle. When we travel to Seattle, um what are your thoughts on that you looking forward to it yeah yeah i'm glad that he's finally coming over uh joining the team hopefully he has a big impact as uh chinashinsky has i mean that guy has played in what uh three matches and scored in two yeah so that's i mean that's a pretty hot start hit the post and the most recent one yeah yeah yeah, shot on goal so uh i'm hoping that he gets kind of like a, a quick start like Shinoshinsky um has had, but we'll see. This coach is hard to like figure out like what yeah. he's gonna do. Maybe not hard, he's just unpredictable. Yeah, unpredictable, but it's like we didn't think that uh Andre was gonna start or not start, but like even play mm-hmm. against Miami just because he had just signed in the middle of the week. Right. Uh and then there he goes and gets the game winner. Yeah. And then uh and then starts the very next game while Yazbek is still like on and off. Uh, same with Derek Jones. Um, right. So hard to well, say like, what he's going to do with like, new players. It was hard to figure out because it was like, you know, when we first started the season, he was he was kind of like starting to some of the same guys. And then we got, a, you know, the Yazviak sign and then we got the David Jones. And those guys didn't get an immediate start. Um, in fact, I think Jones got a start before uh, Yazviak did, but Yazviak mm-hmm. had injuries. But still, it was like they didn't get a start until much later as opposed to Chinashinsky, where like he just got to start right away. Yeah. So it's it's just 
it's hard to figure what he's gonna what he's gonna do. Yeah, totally agree. But I hope he gets to start right away. Yeah, I hope I mean, so we too. can we need it. Yeah. Um <clears throat> any other news that you wanted to cover or is that just about everything? Uh no, I think that was about it. I um I didn't see anything else on the MLS. Yeah. Alrighty, so then let's just jump right back into uh the Richmond recap. Uh round of thirty two, Charlotte FC takes on the Richmond Kickers uh at Richmond's home stadium. And it's a uh triumphant beating is what I would call it. Five one. Uh the team looked really good. And it was, you know, mostly the, you know, I guess what we would call like the B squad. Mm-hmm. Um, or guys who are coming in, you know, late into regular MLS matches. But I, I thought the team looked really good. Little shaky start in the beginning. Uh but you know, they got the goal. And then that second half, I mean, they just really dominated the entire time, obviously putting away, you know, five goals. Uh, for me, not a whole lot to really talk about besides just like how how good they looked with, you know, team passing and creating space and, you know, going into that space and just finding the back of the net. What uh, what do you think of the game? Yeah, I thought, um, well, I didn't get to watch the game when it came on Wednesday. Um but I did watch it Thursday and, you know, prior to watching it, I had seen on Instagram where we had won five to one. I'm like, okay, so this ought to be a pretty interesting game to watch, but it was just so boring to watch. So it was like, this, this has to be one of the most boring high scoring games I've ever watched. Um, <laughs> that I mean, just because of know, the broadcast or. Yeah. I, I think maybe just because of the, a little bit of the broadcast, but also just like how they were playing. It wasn't, it didn't seem that exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think we just really outplayed these guys and they didn't really seem on form, but good on Charlotte for, you know, getting all those goals in um, and obviously winning. But I just, it didn't seem like that special to me. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I knew the score going in. But I hadn't seen any of the goals or any of the match, but it was I was just like kind of ready for this game to be over with. <laughs> so but I did like that uh you know Reyna had that goal to uh the make it two up. Mm-hmm. Um after Richmond had just scored. Yeah. You know, because I think you had said that sometimes uh, a lot of goals come right after um somebody scores on you yeah so i was like well there it is and i was glad reina finally scored glad that and he had, like, finally scored. Assists, i think as well i mean he yeah. had a really good game like the guys that should have scored against that greenville game finally put some in the back of the net mm-hmm. gains you know didn't put one way over the bar that's good no he looked uh really good this game especially with his finishing it looked like cool and calm mm-hmm. uh, and he was just kind of picking his targets and then uh yeah reina had a great game just being an absolute terror on that left side but uh i mean it's it's like what we were saying before the uh you know the episode before where we were talking about this match is like they need to just go out there and put this game away like they need to be way better than this team uh they've got the talent to do so and like 
We've seen it. Like they don't need to be struggling against a, a third division team. Mm-mm. They need to just go out there and, and win it. And you know, all business. You know, and and I think that's what this game was. They just put the game, you know, cleanly away. Yeah. Uh, when it did get tied up, I was a little bit nervous. I was like, oh my god, here we go again. But <laughs> to, for them to respond right away to you know get the lead back and then to just run it up, I mean, it just showed like they were yeah. you know head and shoulders above uh, Richmond. Head and shoulders. Ain't no dandruff. No dandruff. Always <laughs> um, working. No, yeah, I, I did like that. Um, one thing I was going to mention before I forget what I was going to talk about. Um, what was it? You know, I was about to say. Oh, um, one thing I was going to say was that Richmond kind of did also expose another weakness of ours is our back line. Um, yeah, we put five in on these guys, but like they did put one on us. And it, I think it just kind of goes to show you like we have a lot of talent up front uh, and we need more help in the back. Yeah. And we still have some signings to do uh, where I think we should be spending it on defensive players, um, not on offensive players. And yeah. you did mention that uh, we might be getting a a new attacking midfielder as a young DP yep, uh, yeah, coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why? Why are you getting more attacking players when we need defense? Like right now, yeah. Fuchs is out, and we don't have a real solid replacement for him. And we keep starting McCoon, and he's not really starting material um, talent in my eyes. So why are we signing more attacking players when we need to be signing defensive players? Yeah. Yeah, I think that'll, you know, um, lead to some of the stuff we have to talk about in this next match against Montreal. But totally agree. I think I mean, not only Richmond, but I think every team we've played against uh, has kind of shown that the back line is definitely our weakest point right now. I would say, thankfully, we have Kalina in who has maybe, if you only look at like final scores, you probably can't tell that as much from just how many incredible saves he's had to like get some of those clean sheets right, that he's gotten yeah. or to keep certain games like two O's or, or, or two ones. Um, like if you would have started the goalie that played against that, that we started uh, at that Richmond game mm-hmm. um, for our regular MLS matches, I mean, our goal difference yeah. would have been just horrific. Like we Like I think George Marks is good. And obvi- I mean, obviously he is because, He's in the MLS and he's won, uh, I believe he's won a national championship with Clemson. So obviously there's talent there, but it's still really raw and, and underdeveloped at the highest level where Helena is just like that much better. I mean, he looks like, I mean, I would be surprised if he's not in the World Cup squad for Croatia. If he's not starting, I think he'd have to be their second goalkeeper. I mean, he looks mm-hmm. really good. Like, yeah. Not just an MLS standard, like some of the saves he makes, it's like, some of the saves you see at the European level, like at a, at a bit higher level. So, uh, yeah. So like no, no offense to George Marks or anything, but yeah, I do agree. Like if he was the starting, um, goalkeeper over Kalina, it would be a lot different. And that back line does need to be reinforced a bit more. I still think he's, he's just too short to be, uh, a goalkeeper in the MLS or just a goalkeeper in general. Like I feel like, you give me three shots at him, I could put one in from inside the box. 
Yeah, that'd be a fun test to see. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to try. <laughs> uh, uh, make a wish foundation. <laughs> Let's jump uh jump into the next match. We played Montreal at home, uh, and I think to everyone's kind of surprise, we see a a change of the formation back to the four four two. My question to you is, do you think that was because Fuchs is out? And he has, you know, no faith that the four three three without Fuchs can can withstand Montreal's attack, uh, or do you think Fuchs being out didn't have any impact, and this was always going to be the formation we were going to play against Montreal? Um, I would say this is. I mean, I wasn't surprised when he changed the, the formation. Yeah, you did kind of call it on that last episode. I was like, he's like, yeah, we're we're playing well in this four three three, but it's like that's if he keeps the formation. Yeah, and he didn't. He went back to the same old basic formula, uh, which is nothing nothing wrong with that formula if it's working for you. Our it's clearly not for us. Um, you know, we we get on Bronico a lot about you know him not creating enough um opportunities and and chances for the attack to develop from that defensive midfielder but when he has played in that 4-4 four, four, out of 4 4 three, three, 3 formation he looks a lot better he looks yeah. better on the offensive side than he does on the defensive side it means like a whole not just for him but like it just looks like a whole new team the whole team looks better on that yeah. formation so the fact that he changes it up um well, I'm not surprised by it because he seems to change it up like for every game. Like, yeah, it's like he's trying to build a tactic around that team. If he goes mm-hmm. and sits somewhere and watches tape or or what, and then tries to overthink it, and just start tinkering with the lineup way too much. Um, yeah, but I also do. There's probably some portion of it where like Fuchs is out. We don't have too many options for defensive especially on the left side so he's probably also just trying to like minimize the damage like he knows there's a loss coming but he wants to keep it like just real low i mean montreal's at the top of the tables right now um the chances of us beating them most likely zero yeah chances of us tying um a little better but he can just keep it to like a 1-0 or 2-0 i just did he's probably happy with that um so i'm i'm assuming he's probably not too upset that we lost this one which i'm not either like the team played hard like even bronico and and mccoon which you know i get on all the time like those guys played hard and we did get outplayed and but i mean it's montreal they're number one right now so it's it's hard to to beat those guys um yeah but I, i mean i looked at montreal's uh lineup and formation they've kept a just a solid four three three for every team they've played they don't switch it up for anybody mm-hmm. they just that's what they play and that's what they're going to continue to play and i just wish our coach would kind of do the same thing where like stick with one formation and develop it yeah i i agree i i think what was frustrating for me though is like when we played miami and when we played richmond i mean we can throw the richmond one out just because is a whole different starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it's a, you know, less caliber of a team. But when we played Miami, like Miami is still, yes, they've had their struggles, but they're still a pretty strong 
like MLS side. Like maybe not yeah. when you look at the table, but they were when we played them, they were on a bit of a hot streak there, beating some big teams. Um and when we played them, like yes, it was only a one oh win, but the team looked so different. Yeah. Uh, and it could have easily been, you know, four oh or something. It it could have been a lot higher yeah, if a couple been, things like, go in. Miami's and, goalkeeper kept them in that game. Yeah, so for me, the the big frustrating part about this Montreal game is like I I don't if we would have played the four three three, I'm not saying it's a guarantee win for us against Montreal, but I think yeah. it was just annoying because like now yeah. we don't really know how good of that starting lineup really is exactly. against everyone else on the table, and we just don't know what we have now, mm-hmm. uh, which is what frustrates me the most. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, I agree. Like keep the same formation, and then maybe start messing around with the rotation of players yeah. at the positions instead of like I don't know what kind of just jumble he's been doing but it's like we're playing you know uh, 4-4-2 and you guys are playing the this position and now next game we're playing 4-4-3 and the same guy's playing and he's starting but he's starting a different position so it's like make up your mind. Yeah and it's just weird too because like I don't know how you can like rewatch like past games uh, and then watch the game against Miami and not see like how big of a difference certain players' performance is. And again, yeah. and it's hard to tell whether that's because we were playing Miami or because of the formation. Like he's changing so many things that it's hard to tell like which one is affecting which, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like Bronico's performance, like I thought before yeah. the Miami game, he looked pretty below average. Uh, and I thought this game against Montreal, he looked pretty, you know, again, that kind of same issue we've had all season of, like, we just forget he's even on the field. Right. Um, but against Miami, like, he was getting forward, he was intercepting passes, like, setting plays up. Yeah. Like, he set up the winning goal. Like, he was doing a lot. Uh, same with Ruiz. Like, Ruiz was a huge playmaker in that game against Miami. And in this one, he had a decent game, uh, better than his average game, I would say. But it wasn't still up to that same caliber uh, that we saw against Miami. And again, it's just hard to tell whether that's... Is that because it's just we're playing Miami? Or is it because of the formation? Uh, you know, it, it, it just... Him tinkering with that formation and going back to something that we've seen just hasn't worked all season. And I've seen that, like, like Ruiz, Bronico, um, to a certain extent, like, Franco and Alcivar, like... The, clearly, like, this style of play doesn't get the best out of them, so, like, why do we keep going back to it and then throwing them out there again? Yeah. Like, you're just doing a lot of the same stuff, and it just keeps resulting in, like, poor performances, and I think, you know, some of the wins have kind of, like, shown that, or, like, have kind of covered that up, <clears throat> uh, but I think, like, if you kind of look at their most recent matches, let's say the last, like, three or four, like, I don't see how like how you can watch those and, and not see the, the issues of like, we're not creating enough chances. Like we're not getting the best out of Ruiz and Bronico uh, and, and Franco and Alcivar in these positions. Uh, it Sergerski's not getting, you know, the best service because of that. Like, right. And then like, and then he, you know, Andre Shimashinsky starts in that left forward position. But even like when he joined all the press conferences are about like how, he talked to manager Miguel Ramirez and how he, you know, he prefers to play the winger position and that's what he likes. And that's what Ramirez, you know, brought him on for and, and all this like system talk and like to just go back up and be like, all right, you're playing up front with Sergersky who 
Like, I don't think those two guys had that good of like chemistry or, or connectivity, but it's also like they're just the team just becomes like really narrow and we attack. Like when you watch some of the highlights, you'll see like so many players end up running into the same spot at the top of the box that like no one really knows what to do. And no, like, yeah, like, our, our finishing our attack is like the finish is, is not there yet. But I think it's not there in this formation. Like I think it would it would have been a lot better in that four three three, especially like you have that game against Richmond where you see a lot of players like step up and continue to have a good performance. Like Andre continues to have a good performance. McGain's had or uh, Mackenzie Gaines had a really good performance. Reina had another good performance. That's like three in a row, and to like not just like trust them against some of the best in the in the league. To go out and do that again, I think it's like really telling, you know, that maybe he doesn't have a lot of faith in in the team, or he overestimates like Montreal or something. Yeah, uh, but it just kind of felt like he was playing, like he did, made the team play really scared, like that. To me, that was like the biggest thing was like this four four two just shows that like we're afraid to get forward and create chances uh, against like top teams. Yeah, he. I think he was afraid of get like uh, a counter attack coming on him. A lot, yeah. Uh, which is, you know, Montreal, um, and that's how, is basically good, how they scored their that. first goal. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. But let me ask you this: like, if we go to the four three three, let's say there is some kind of universe where you, you can, you've seen the 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 result we actually got, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a two zero. And let's say you go to the four three three, and it's four two. I mean, is there a difference in your eyes to that? Like, it's both are a loss. Let's say. Right, yeah, still but, a 2-0, basically. Yeah. But, like, so, to me, it's like, well, if you think you're going to lose one way or the other, like, why not at least try to go for a formation or a style of play that we might sneak something in, like... Right, yeah, it's like you, you're going into battle, you know you're going to die, but why not take some guys out with yeah. you? Yeah. So... Or even if we lose, like, 2-1 or, or, or 3-1 or something, or yeah. 3-2, like, as long as... If we score some goals along the road or at least create a lot of chances like that gives like Swiderski and, and Andre and Reina like more confidence to keep going and mm-hmm. and even if they score mm-hmm. like against a Montreal who I think like an interesting thing is like I don't think we've really scored against any top teams right like we're scoreless against Philly scoreless against Montreal now mm-hmm. uh, we play a Red Bull soon but, like the best we've done is uh, against Atlanta yeah and I mean they're only a couple of spots above us on the table right yeah uh so to me, it's kind of like, why not go out there and if you still end up losing 3-2, to me, that's the same thing as like a 2-0 loss. So why not at least go out there and like try to score some goals or like build up some players' confidence? And I mean, like, it's yes, frustrating. Uh, yeah, it's very frustrating to watch him just try the same old formula and expecting a different result like a what not that like what is the definition of insanity is you know trying the same thing expecting yeah, and it, different results and it'd be one thing if like you said like he was rotating players around but like right. it's always the same guys going out there no mm-hmm. matter the performance like like franco got out there i don't think franco's played well in a while and you know it's been a little while oh yeah but at the same time i don't know he would i think the last over. good game franco had was maybe against atlanta when alcivar scored that one yeah, I would say that was like both of their last good games. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I don't know who you, who you would put there instead. Maybe awful. I mean, that would have been more interesting to see, right? Yeah. Um, 
who has I been mean, playing uh, well every time he's played. If we had started the four four three formation, who who would be your your picks for for going in? Yeah, so the back line I'd probably keep mostly the same, except I would put uh, Jan Zobazinski in over McCoon just because you know what you're going to get out of McCoon. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to get a six six point five performance. We don't know how Jan stacks up against yeah. MLS sides yet, yeah. and he's been doing pretty well in the Open Cup. Like, let's get him some minutes and see what depth we have at the center back position. Yeah, like what's the point of paying him? You know, I, I'm not sure how much he's getting paid. But what's the point of paying it if we're never going to see it and we're not going to know what, what depth exactly we have at that center back spot? Um, I think you start Mora just because you don't have Mora's anyone been else. fine at that yeah. left back. And, and Mora is another guy who, just to go before I finish answering your question, another guy who, like, I think if I was him, if I was Mora, Bronico, Ruiz, I'd be really pissed at this starting lineup because it just makes you look like a, a really, you know, excuse my French, but like a really shit player. Mm-hmm. Uh I didn't know you knew French. <laughs> but we're like, when we played against Miami, like I thought Mora looked way better going forward. Veronica and Ruiz looked way better, like Much all better. around, like Much way, better. way better. Especially Ruiz. Yeah. So like, if I'm those guys and you're telling me to go play this again, I'm like, dude, no, I don't, mm-hmm. this sucks. Like we suck when we play this way. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I don't know if anyone on the team like has like the, for lack of a better word, like the courage to kind of speak up against Miguel. I don't know what he's like as a a manager. If if you do, maybe you get just sat. You know, season's over for you. I don't know, but it would be nice to like see some guys speak up more about it. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, that would be my backline just to try something a little bit different. My midfield would, would probably be you know Bronico at holding and Ruiz and Bender uh, in front of him. And then my front three would be, you know, Swiderski in the middle, and then Reyna and Shimashinsky out wide. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought Shimashinsky and Reyna had good combinations against Miami and against Richmond. And, uh, I mean, Swiderski is, I think, clearly finding some form back. Like, yeah, he hasn't found the middle of the net or the back of the net uh, yet in a while, but his touch is looking good again. His dribbling's looking good. He seems to be playing a little bit uh a little bit freer compared to a couple other performances. So I think those front three could have done a lot of damage, uh, especially if they kind of get going. And especially because Rain has been doing so well out on that left side of like just finding space, like mm-hmm. dribbling past people, setting up. Like I think he he's probably the best crosser of the ball that we Reina? have. Yeah. Yeah, Reina's pretty good. Like his not only like does he find the right players, but like he finds it like in the right space and gets it to like land right at the right spot. Like, yeah, he, like he plays really good crosses. Yeah. From the few crosses that he's had, because he's had just so few minutes too, um, which is crazy to me because anytime he gets on the field, he's, you know, he, he makes positive results. Um, his crossing and, and just playmaking has been much better than some of these other guys like Rios or, um, even Lindsay, I mean, I get that Lindsay's a defensive player and he's amazing, but Lindsay's crossing and Reyna's crossing is just is two completely different things. Yeah, and I, and I thought this game Lindsay did do a good job of like getting forward. I thought he did really good on his one on ones. Like I again mm-hmm. don't recall him getting beat one on one. And he had a lot of good like combination plays and through balls. It, yeah, like you said, his crossing still kind of lacks. Uh, but like if I'm if I'm like awful, if I'm uh Reyna, 
like I, I just like I would be a bit discouraged that I'm not getting more minutes because it's like, well, what more do you want from me? Like I'm putting in good performances, like Reina, especially to me, because I thought Reina at the beginning of the season wasn't great, and I kind of thought he was lazy, like getting back as well. And over the last couple of games that he's played, I've seen that you know completely been flipped. Like especially in the Miami game where we were a bit more suspect to the counterattack. Like mm-hmm. I constantly saw him like getting back and helping Mora. Um, so for me, it's like, well, why? Even if you stick with this original formation of the four four two, why not put Reyna in that right midfield position instead of Franco, who like hasn't done anything? Like you look at Franco's stats, like his passing's bad, his defensive work is bad. If you watch him, he's kind of turned into like a bit of the the Bronico character of like, I don't even, I don't even realize he's out there. Cause I just don't see him having like any impact anywhere. But like, why wouldn't you start a guy who has been having impact over the last three matches? No. Oh, yeah. And like reward him for that. But instead it's just like, <clears throat> Oh, these are the guys that always start like go out there. Yeah. Like dude, why? Yeah. And even, you know, Franco had that wide open shot and he just kind of blew it right over the, the top bar there. Um, or who was it had had a shot there? I think it was Sadarsky that had a shot, and, and maybe oh no, it was uh, Shinoshinsky yeah, hit, hit the, the crossbar. Yeah, Franco was there for the rebound and just blew it. Like he's just out of form right now. Not to say that Franco's a bad player because he's not, but like he's just he's just not in form right now. Um, and I, I feel like Awful could do better at that spot. I feel like um. Even Bender could meet, maybe do better at that spot, um, but just just not him, not right yeah. now. He mm. he just needs to come in uh, on a sub or something like that. Yeah, and so to uh, I mean to that's kinda... interesting though that you would put Bronico in as your starter in that four three three. Yeah, I thought he's been. Yeah. I thought he did really well against Miami, and then when he came on for Richmond, he looked um, he looked good getting forward. Uh, I would have I would have said I think I would have kept. Pretty much like the same formation, but instead of Bronico, I would have I would have done like a Ruiz instead. Well, I had Ruiz and Bender in front of him, oh, okay. uh, playing like that triangle in the middle. But yeah, but yeah I, I mean, include, I, I, I think would include could, awful more. And, yeah, um, just because I mean, yeah, Bronico has done better in that four three three, but to me, it's not like a main better. Mm. It's just like okay, he's finally doing his job better, but still. <laughs> We're both in agreement that the four four two is not working. Um, it worked on weaker opponents, sure, but the four uh, three three just seems to click better with and this it, team. And again, I think like my biggest thing of like why I get so frustrated is just because like this was such a good opportunity to actually see what this team could do, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, like when we played Miami in that four three three, it was like a whole new team. Like to me, that game kind of like reset the season. Yeah, like, yeah. Like it, it to me, Especially it honestly after did. That losing streak. Yeah, like it really did reset the season of like what was possible again. Because like the way we were playing before that Miami game, I was kind of like, oh, it's going to be a stretch to make playoffs. Like it's, I don't know. Uh, it kind of like, yeah, kind of refocused, uh, you know, my expectations. But then like, when they played against Miami and I saw like the difference in the team, yeah, I was like, oh, wait, no, no. If they and play like this, like they could. That- um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you up, but no, I, good. I do think that they switched to a four three three, like midway through the second half. Um, 
I, I could Possibly. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure a commentator had mentioned that they had switched to a 4-3-3 formation. Uh, I think whenever uh, Awful came on. Mm-hmm. Not sure what the subs are. Do you got him up? Uh, but anyways, I, th- I, I think they did switch to the formation. We had, you know, more opportunities created. Yeah, I would agree. Like, I've only watched, I only watched the game, like, when we were, when I was there. And I thought, like, those last, like, 15 minutes or so, we did look like the better team and we looked really dangerous going forward. Like, just couldn't put anything in. And we'll kind of talk about the subs. Um, I don't even think we've mentioned this scoreline. Or maybe we did that. We lost 2 0. Uh, we've kind of just been jumping around everywhere. But <laughs> so the first sub we see. Which is this is where my like frustration really bothered me was we take out Ruiz who I thought had been having like a above oh, yeah. average game like I thought he'd been actually doing pretty well mm-hmm. and put in Jordi Alcivar who you know since he scored against Atlanta I don't think he's really done a whole lot mm. uh, no, not too not too great yeah and he got a really dumb haircut. <laughs> yeah, did you yeah, see it? Hundred and one like, Dalmatian haircut. I think you forgot that the like game was starting and had to leave halfway through, and only got <laughs> one half of it died. Listen, I can say that because I've had just as dumb as a haircut before. I once shaved one half of my entire head and left the other half unshaved uh, at a soccer camp in high school. So I've done similar mistakes like him, but that was a really dumb haircut. Uh, and then so we get that. Like I didn't think that was that good of a change. Um, He's paying for that haircut in installments. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the, the second sub also kind of upset me. We get Reyna coming on, which was nice, mm-hmm. which was a change we needed to see, but at the cost of Andre Shimashinsky. Right. Which, no, that was uh yeah, I thought that was a pretty dumb move by the coach. Yeah, I mean you're you're taking a guy who one almost scored again. He's on a hot streak. Uh, and you're you're putting on the guy who he's connected with the best, but taking him off. Like I didn't think tactically that made any sense. Right. Um, I think it would make more sense to like take Franco off at that time and and let either Reno play in that same spot and let him get up and down or switch to the four three three. Uh, but for whatever reason, he just takes Andre off and keeps doing things the same old way. And then the last three changes we get, we get Harrison Opel. On for Lindsay, which I was fine with. Uh, Awful well, looks great every time he plays. Lindsay was having a, you know, probably his best game of the season, but I'm still fine with that change. Uh, and then we get Franco out finally for Yazwiak, which kind of turned into a waste. Honestly, I didn't think Yazwiak did a whole lot besides get a really stupid yellow card. Yeah, and then we take Sorjerski out for Rios, who hasn't done anything all season. Yeah, I get he scored one goal against Richmond, but like again, it was against Richmond. Yeah, I mean he put Sadursky <laughs> against Richmond. He's scoring more than one. Yeah. So I just kind of felt like we need a goal. You're you're putting on like some off you're putting on like Osbeck and Awful who are good at getting forward and, you know, moving the ball and are but it seems like a more offensive minded team at this point. But then you take off your your number one goal scorer and put yeah. on your like worst forward. Yeah, like, that's that's something like you and I discussed. It was like you know, Sadursky's like our top paid player right now, and he's being taken off. Um, when we're losing, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah, and he's probably 
the most talented forward we have too. Yeah, not only I, just I say finishing, that. but like his touch, like this is something like the team yeah, overall position. needs to work on is like that first touch. Like there was early yeah. on in the first half, like uh, it's actually, or so it's not in the first half, it's in the second half of the 62 minute. Like if Bender had just a better first touch, like he could have finished that, like, oh uh, yeah, that through ball. Yeah, Bender had two missed opportunities, and it's all just because like his first just, touch was bad. Yeah, first touch and just hesitation where like Sodersky has that more instinct, um, and has a good first finishing. touch. Yeah, yeah, like he's able to bring the ball down. He's able to dribble with it. Like he can, like you said, he can maneuver into space. He can dribble. Yeah, into but like space. taking him out for Rios, that's just that's just. Bad and you got James on the bench who scored two against Richmond. Yeah, and, and James has been improving in form. Yeah, yeah, like you said, fast. Like Rio, I don't know why he's putting Rios in. Rios is he's just slow right now, predictable. Like he's even his his heading's not that great. He um, did two like sail over the bar. Yeah, so I didn't agree with that sub. Uh, I also yeah, like you said, I didn't like uh, Alcivar coming on. Um, if I would have had it my way, I would I would have kept in Zdarsky. I would have kept in Shinashinsky. Um, took out Franco and and put in Yazviak. Fine, I'm good with that because yeah. I think Yazviak needs more minutes. Like he needs more minutes with the main starters to really develop. Like that's another one of our designated players that we're just like for some reason benching. Yeah, because yeah, when he plays, it does feel like he isn't sure like what the whole team is doing. But he'll like kind of go on and do his own, like he kind of like take the game into his own hands of like cutting inside the box or like taking on a player or two and try to make a play happening. Yeah. It would be nice for him to get more minutes to like get some more chemistry with the team. Yeah, if anything, I would have you know taken out uh, Bender and put in Reyna because Shinshinsky and Reyna seem to connect well together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also probably take out like a, a Bronico and put in. Awful. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Just, yeah, I'd be good with those changes. Just because Awful is also, he's good on, on defense, but he's good at creating the attack and play. Yeah, I mean, you, you see in the second, like late in the second half, like he gets, he gets a couple far good little crosses and, in there. And he, and has he gets a shot. shot from, yeah, yeah, you're he gets right. a shot from distance. So, and puts I mean, it on it's just, um, I, I'm, for this loss, I'm just gonna chalk it up to just bad coaching. Like the de- the yeah. team did what it was supposed to do in that formation, the best it could do it. Uh, uh, yeah, that was the other thing too. Is like no one in the starting lineup really looked bad, right? Like, like it's and, just and again, like, like we've why been would you heavy... pick this formation? It's, I'm just putting it up there. It's like this was just bad coach decision. Like I, I don't know how feel how you feel about like McComb, but I will say like for Bronico, who I've been having, that's how like, I, feel. I don't yeah. like. Him. Like, but for for Bronico, who like I've been very like critical of all season long, like for this for this game, I kind of like just wash it because it's just like I mean, it's just this formation. Like mm-hmm. we've seen how he plays without it, he plays a lot better, and I mean, it's just again like if I was him, if I was McCoon, if I was Mora, if I was Ruiz, I would just like I don't know how you're not talking to the coach, like especially after this game and being like, this isn't working, man, like. Like you're, you're making me look bad. You're making you look bad. The team look bad. Like mm-hmm. this is just not working. And because I, I also think like the two goals Montreal had weren't even like that great. Like the the first, first one is like a good bit of like you know quick passing to pull McCoon out of space and and take advantage of that space and just you know 
go down the line and cut it back for an easy tap in. The, the second one was just kind of like it was a great shot and just kind of got lucky that it is hits the inside of that post. Yeah, the second one in. was pretty lucky. Yeah. So it's not like they were absolutely like crashing us or anything. Like the game was pretty even. I think even like possession wise and shot wise. Um or maybe not shot wise, but like it didn't feel like it was a completely like dominant game. Uh, right, where no. we just had no chance at all. Like, they like had a... more shots on goal than we did, but you know, again, lucky we have uh, Super Kalina in there to, yeah. to like stop it. But the fact that we're we're not getting that many shots in, and it just gives Montreal and or any other team more uh, opportunities to get shots off on us, yeah. and eventually they're gonna go in. And I guess what I mean to say is like it didn't feel like Montreal was unbeatable. Like it felt like we could have broken this team down and scored some goals mm-hmm. as opposed to like when we played Philly, they felt unbeatable. Yeah, Philly had like, a wall. yeah. Like Philly just felt like we were suffocating for air the entire time. Yeah. Like this, it just felt like we didn't like set up the best of chances so we couldn't finish them, but it felt like there were like areas where we could like break down Montreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like at least some for like this, this one, we had shots. Yeah. Where I guess Philly, like, and as soon as we got the ball, they were on us, and we yeah. were just struggling to get a pass off. Yeah, it was just at least like, on this one, we were able to get a couple of one-two passes, shots on goal, things like that, rebound balls. Yeah. Um, it's just you know, it's, it's too bad it didn't work out. Um, yeah, but I agree with you. I kind of chalked this one up to just the coach got the tactics wrong and, and the substitutions wrong. Uh, and he's he's a young coach, you know, only thirty-six, I think. He'll learn from this, I'm sure. Hopefully. Yeah, Hopefully true. he learns from Hopefully this. Hopefully he does learn from it. And just have some more faith in your players. I think that's what the biggest takeaway for me was, is like, he doesn't trust certain players. Mm-hmm. Like, to, to step up and, and put a game away or, or to be able to go forward. Um, You know, and I think it's pretty glaring. And I think it's just like, he needs to have some trust in some players and like, put them out there and let's see what we've got. Yeah. And I think it, it goes also back to the, like, that first uh, early on interview when they had with the coach and he had mentioned that uh, I'm sure he's retracted by now, but he had mentioned that like, it was not going to be a very good season because yeah. of the lack of talent. And this and, uh, I think amongst other things, just the lack of talent and the lack of uh, practice they've, they've gotten off together. Um, but I think he has taken that back, but still like if he said that at the beginning of the season, it does goes to show you that like there is some sort of uh hindrance there where he like you said he doesn't trust players or he doesn't trust switching formations things like that yeah i mean like the like especially like the the alcivar change and the rios change like really speak volumes to yeah I, because, I don't like, think rios deserve to be in this game at all like yeah the way our if front you got was performing on the bench mm-hmm. like yeah yeah um, our yeah gains Gaines could have been another one that should have went in. Um, but still, it's bad, bad coaching. Yeah. Uh, so we've got one more home game uh, before we're away again this weekend. Uh, any last thoughts you wanted to have about the game? God, no. I'm just <laughs> yeah. I'm over ready it. to forget this one. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm just going to say this again. This, it was just bad coaching. The, the team did what it was supposed to do mm-hmm. uh, with this formation. Um, it was just the wrong formula for it. Yeah. Um, 
besides that, I thought the players uh, did great. And, um, you know, good job also to the fans for turning out. How was the uh, atmosphere? Oh, man. You know, it's funny uh, that you mentioned that because I had actually like I tweeted before the game started and I should probably go back and delete it. But I tweeted before that the, the stadium felt really different. Like, at, at least to me, it felt different uh, before the game. It felt louder, and it was like it was more people. Thirty, a little over thirty-three thousand. Oh, cool! Um, so about a thousand more people showed up for this game, but it just felt like um, like a little bit magical, a little bit electric. It it definitely felt a little bit different than the other home games. Where I was like, oh man, like I think they might sneak something away here. <laughs> like I can kind of feel it. And then once I saw the four, I can feel it. Yeah, and then once I saw the starting lineup get out there, I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, you texted uh, me. They were like, they're playing a four four two formation. I'm like, oh, chalk it up as a loss. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, but, and McCoon's starting. I'm like, yep, definitely loss. <laughs> yeah, but uh, again, yeah. yeah, the home games are great. Like, the fans are always so loud. The supporter section kills it. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to go so with the supporter sections when we play Red Bulls. That's where you're sitting? Right next to them. Well, you're not going to be sitting. You're going to be standing the whole Well, that's time. fine. Yeah. Get ready to yell a ton. It looks like a lot of fun, but I'm a little, I guess, a little too posh for it. <laughs> I need to, I need some time to sit and eat my hot dog and eat my popcorn. Do not eat stadium hot dogs. Yeah, I too. They were so good. I've seen how they cook them for lack of. Those the hot dogs are good. Uh, I liked them. That's the hot dog that makes your popcorn. stomach strong. That's right. Uh, but no, it, do, it does look like a, a ton of fun to be part of that supporter section. Um, but no, the 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 home attendance was great. Be interesting to see what it's like against uh, Vancouver. Oh, it's gonna be crazy. Uh, they should win that game. Yeah, I mean, if they don't win that game, I am gonna kind of chalk the playoffs thing. Like, if we don't beat Vancouver, we're not making playoffs. Well, I mean, they're pretty, in different. I know they're in a different conference, but like they're dead last in that conference, or like second to last. Like, I will say this: um, Vancouver is. M- Probably the last easy team we're gonna play. Yeah, looking at the schedule right now. After that, well, and then Seattle looks to be have fallen on some hard times as well. But I think that might have to do more with the Champions League. Maybe because uh, I think they are thirteenth in their conference. I think they're right above Vancouver. Okay. No. Yeah, you're right. Right now they're. Um, but again, that's because they were competing in, in, in the, the Champions tables. League. So we'll say Vancouver and Seattle. So we got two Vancouver and Seattle, two easy teams or beatable teams. I don't want to say yeah. easy, but beatable teams. But after that, we got New York, then Seattle, then New York again, then Columbus Crew, then Montreal again, and then Austin, and then Houston. Um, pretty tough lineup. I don't yeah. know if we're going to make playoffs. Um, at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's hard. It's really hard to tell though because it's hard like, to tell. And here's the thing: like we had a good, like an early success, yeah, which had my hopes up, yeah. Um, but seeing how they've been playing now, and you know, factoring in, like I forget that this is a new team. I do too, and I forget that. The roster has literally had no time to practice before the first match even started. No real practice facility either. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the fact that all these things have been 
going against them and they've still been producing these results um it's amazing for yeah first of all but it's like you expect more you know it's like yeah you, you expect more well, out each of game it each performance they've kind of like shifted our expectations right mm-hmm. like after the first two games we're probably like okay well it looks like it's not going to be like an embarrassment so that's great right. like got beat bad by dc united but brand new team first game like that's pretty right. like excusable and then you hold la at home to one zero like you're like okay there, there's yeah, something there bad. like maybe we'll be a good defensive team then you go on well well and then you lose to atlanta at the last minute and you're like okay right maybe that's what they're gonna kind of that's going to be their story all season long, like just kind of struggling for goals and wins. And then you go on what, like a three game win streak. And you're mm-hmm. like, dude, they can do this. Like, <laughs> like we, we even had discussions. I was like, should they focus more on playoff runs or winning the <laughs> open cup? Like if they even had a shot at winning the open cup, I know not saying that they don't, but it's like, we were talking about it. Like they were number one contenders. Yeah. Like, like we're the only MLS team in there. Right. Yeah. Bully exactly. A bunch of teams. <laughs> we're like, Oh wait, now we got, now we got to play Red Bull. New, the Red Bulls three times this season. Yeah. Like, are we going to make it past the Red Bulls for the open cup? But it's just funny how that works is like, after we beat Atlanta at home, we were like, man, they can like, they could make playoffs. They can do like it. they could, like, I, I, like when when they beat Atlanta, I was kind of past the like they can make playoffs thing. I'm like they could be a top five team. Yeah. Like If we don't finish in the top five, that's gonna be pretty disappointing. <laughs> and then we go everything. On, and then we go on the the away run of just like loss, tie, loss, and you're like, oh, that away man, run if We hurt. can just scrape some points together and get this wagon across the finish line. And mm-hmm. then they they completely outplay Miami, and you're like, I'm back in like <laughs> top seven come my jersey on out of the yeah. trash can <laughs> and it's where's just, the febreze yeah and then this game is just like oh i don't know yeah this game for me again though it's just like it's hard to tell like what this team can do just because it, they between this game and miami they looked like such different teams and it's hard to tell whether that was because of who they were playing or because the way they were set up it, it's really hard i to gotta tell. say this and i hate to say it but this this looks like another typical Charlotte yeah. professional team. Same as the Hornets and same as the Panthers. They'll have a couple of good runs and then just like, bom, 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 they just fall apart. And I just hope they're not like another mediocre Charlotte team. Yeah. Um, but even if they are, I'll still, yeah, I'll, no, still, I'll, still like, I'll still root for them. I'll still root for them. I guess. <laughs> Definitely not rooting for Atlanta. Like yeah. Dirty birds. And they're all injured. Yeah. Not, but, like, I know we're, we've just been... I don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah, I, I know we're just... But I, I I really do think this team, like, can be, like... It could be great. I, I think, I think they're like better they than their record. Because, going against them, and they've had such early success, but it's yeah. like, hey, like, give them some time to practice in the offseason, really develop, and get some better signings. Make some like, moves, yeah. Next year could be a little better. David Tepper opens up that wallet a little bit. Yeah. Ish. Get some overseas oil money. <laughs> that oil. <laughs> Going back to Iraq. You cooking? Um <laughs> Yeah. So well, well I, again, I do think this team is better than its record. Like I think this team can be like has better. shown flashes of like really top quality, but it's mm-hmm. like they just can't do it consistently and like I don't know. Yeah. And also, I mean like 
and it's not even like soccer a, yeah like, that's yeah, how it goes that's like true. you know i love manchester united i think they should be at the top of the english league every like time but right, right now, now even with ronaldo on the squad i'm just like what's going on <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's like Who do i need to call it's like every season at chelsea yeah oh yeah and they're coming in july i think we talked about that right uh maybe not we might have missed that but yeah it is you getting tickets for that yeah they're supposedly they go on sale Wait, tomorrow which i'll is, get two of them uh i'll pay you back i will get you one if you want one uh yeah they march or <laughs> what month is this we'll call it even when i regrip your golf clubs okay uh april wait we're in may may 19th i think is when tickets officially go on sale so that should be if you're listening to this episode that should be by now july is like two weeks away yeah so july 20th is when the game is at bank of america stadium what do you think that's gonna look like um are you asking me if like charlotte's gonna win yeah sure (laughs) depends on who comes over yeah it won't be chelsea's starting lineup hope it is Nah, Not that I know any of them. I only mix. know that one guy. What's his name? Polsic? Polsic. Polsic? Yeah. Polisic. He might not be with them by the time Polisi. they come. Nancy Pelosi. That's who it is. He's rumored to be joining Juventus. Really? Yeah. That's like a... Down. I hate to say. I guess... Yeah. I don't know. Why, they, why does everybody go to the Italian league? He's over there. Hmm? <laughs> Easier. It's easier. Not as physical. <laughs> Fans aren't as mean, I'd assume. Well, at least you, you know. It's a meatball. Probably, uh. I don't know, money. Actually, it's yeah, probably it probably is. It's all it is, it's just money. Yeah. Well, but, okay, well, who knows? Well, um. That would be an interesting game, though. Yeah. I did have a, uh, a USA be interesting. jersey that I bought, but somehow cannot fit. <laughs> if everybody. Oh, that'd be a good giveaway. That jersey that you no longer fit into. Well, it's like it's got tags and everything. Oh, okay. But I can't fit. <laughs> um, I'm like, what the crap? It says XL, but I guess it's like maybe a kid's XL. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not going on. Not an XL. Just frame it. Throw that bad boy up on the wall. It's just a plain old USA jersey. <laughs> There's no names on the wall. Um, but that will be an interesting like. For I don't. Out of those, like, 33,000 people that show up at Bank of America, I don't know how many are, like, diehard or casual. Uh, but, like, to the casual fan that goes to the Chelsea game, that'll be interesting to see, like, what the difference in quality is that they see. Because, like, I don't know about you, but whenever I, like, watch an MLS game, and then I go watch, like, a Premier League game or a Champions League game, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man. It's like watching something in slow-mo to then fast-forward. Like, oh, yeah. These guys are fast yeah like the qual like the quality is just so different uh so i think it'd be interesting to see like what casual charlotte fc fans like will think about afterward yeah because you know we're gonna be playing our starting yeah i would at least i would hope so i mean i guess it's it's a friendly in the middle of july in the middle of our season but still like i don't know if they still do it anymore but i remember like when i was in high school every summer the MLS All-Stars would play, like, Man United or something. Mm-hmm. So it would be, like, the best of MLS <laughs> against, like, Man United's, like, reserve and youth teams. Yeah. It would just be, like, 8 like, Yeah, that's, like, another thing. Uh, like, what is it? One of the things that FIFA on the games has an option is, like, oh, you've unlocked the MLS All-Star team from 2020 or whatever, like, year it is. I'm, like, I'm not going to be picking any of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think if I got like if I was in the MLS and they selected me to be an all star and to play against Man United, I would just decline. Wow. Like I'm hurt. Hurt dog. <laughs> Give me sorry. Pay me. <laughs> but uh all right, so what are your we kind of gone on a wild tangent here, but what are your thoughts on the Vancouver match? I mean, do you see it as a must win? Uh yeah, it's got it's it's a definitely a must win. Um one only because of table rankings. You know, yeah. I think we're above Vancouver. Um and and we just gotta get back on winning form. Yeah. Just so we can prepare for New York Red Bulls. I hope he goes to a four three two reformation and stays at it um but this coach is hard to tell i mean so wishy-washy and who he starts and what formation sick if he, he went uses. back to the three five two. Oh my gosh that immediately got scored on by philly <laughs> this is a big like middle finger to all the fans well, i mean see like that's the thing like you see that like he like he picks formation in accordance to who he's playing whereas vancouver i mean like this is the formation this is who we're playing and that's it yeah. So I I don't know why he just doesn't do that. Um but no yeah, it's a must win. Um and I think we will win it most likely like a 2-0. 2-0 or 2-1, something like that. I like to see them run it up a little bit if they can. It'd be, it it would help. Especially the goal uh, the goal differential. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? No, I agree. I mean, I think it's it's a must win, and he needs to put the team out there in a in a way that sets them up to create chances and score goals. If he still thinks that that's that four four two formation, then I don't I don't know what he's seeing. And I'd love for him to like elaborate in an interview or something about it because <laughs> I don't think he has yet. Uh, but I, yeah, I think he needs to set them up in that four three three and let them play and. Like whatever happens, happens. But I think we—it's a game we have to win. We should win. Yeah. Uh, played, especially uh, like the you Red said. Bulls. Those guys are pretty strong right now. Do we play Seattle first, right? Um. Or do we play New York for the Open Cup first? Uh, we play. Yeah, we. I'm pretty sure we play New York first for the Open Cup. Um. And then looking we at the to schedule Seattle. here. No, looking at the schedule, we. We got Whitecaps, May 22nd, then Red Bulls, May 25th, oh, for, yeah, the, yeah. for the Cup. Um, then Seattle. Then Seattle, May 29th, and then Red Bulls again, June 11th. So then we're gonna, so we're going to be home, away, away, home. That would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, Seattle, I hope they win at Seattle because we need that momentum going into that home game and our yeah. waste you know record is atrocious yeah and then the other hard part about like talking about expectations for the team is like who knows how Kerwin Vargas is going to fit into this and what he'll bring uh and then again the summer transfer window is opening up so who knows how much more this team can change in a couple months so again like for we need more defensive players I mean stop signing all these attackers but it'll just be interesting to see like what expectations are in a couple weeks because it will change. It definitely will change. Yeah. Uh, any other last minute thoughts or comments or questions? Ah, let's wrap this up. All right. I will say this: I do have that USA jersey for you, fifty listeners out there. If you uh, <laughs> first one to 
email in or do a, like a review or what you guys want to talk about or us want, want us to talk about on the next podcast, I will definitely send you that jersey. It's got tags and everything, brand new. Might have spilled a little chocolate on it. <laughs> Not that brand new. But I will well, I'll give that jersey away. Yeah, and then uh, one thing I did want to do is shout out uh, at Hub Likes uh, or Michael Hub uh, on Twitter. He had uh, tweeted us, you know, interested to hear your preferred formation for three three. I'm guessing, but more importantly, who starts in the midfield three against Toronto and why? Uh, we kind of covered that, but I don't know if you had anything. What's he um, talking about? Are we live right now? No, no, oh. no. That was I tweeted out that we we're gonna that the episode was gonna be delayed until oh. Wednesday. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah, kids. <laughs> and they made the playoffs for ten thousand dollars. My kids made playoffs. Charlotte better make playoffs. <laughs> um but maybe so, they should play for Charlotte. So yeah, so who are you if if you're in charge of the starting lineup and it's a four three three, who are your midfield three? A midfield three, I would say uh Bender on the left. Um else uh, Ruiz in the middle. And then Yazviak on the right. Interesting. And then my top forward, my top three, I would say Reyna on the left, Zadarski in the middle, and then Chinashinsky on the right. Mm-hmm. And then on the four, you know, you got Karujo and Lindsay on those back two, Ooks if he's still playable in that center back, and then Mora on the left back. Yeah, I agree with that. I think. Uh... And if Ooks is out, you know, leave Mora on the left back and play. Anybody else but McCoon. <laughs> Literally. Just anybody else. else. You can put in that short goalie. I don't care. You could put in Derek Jones. He played uh, center yeah, back against Derek Richmond. Yeah, put Derek Jones in. Dude, that dude is tall and just like He will physical. foul someone. <laughs> he will stomp you. That is the only, when I watch him play, that is the only thing I get worried about is that he's going to get like carded out. Who cares? It's just a couple games. What you get yeah. paid for? True. Uh, yeah, I think my midfield three probably, um, I think I'd have Bronico at the holding mid. Ruiz and Bender as the two forward uh, center. Mid. Crazy, you're still starting Bronick. I thought he, I thought he, he really changed his mind against Miami, and even a little bit against uh, Richmond. One game, yeah. one game changed your mind. Not the streak of. But Miami again, it's like 10? it's hard to tell whether it was formation based or like it or his talent, right? I think it was. He saw that his uh, his uh, little. Clothing and apparel is not selling. He's like, oh crap! I really got to start playing now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't. I it's hard started. to. It's hard to tell. Like what? What? Not is, hard to tell. He had one good what? game and he changed your mind. Yeah, but he had one good game in that formation. Yeah. So it's like, like it's like every game has been good because it's a brand new team. Same old Bronico. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so th- those are my three, and then my friend three are the same. All as right, yours. let the listeners know where to email their thing. We can send away the jersey. Yeah, so uh, Dude, I'm gonna do it. Okay. Well, I guess for our impromptu giveaway for uh the jersey, uh email on a topic you want us to cover, uh whether it be about something specific in the Vancouver match or just something about the season overall or even just in soccer overall at offsides the podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, and you must leave a review as well, and wherever you listen, so if it's Apple Podcasts, leave a review there. If it's YouTube, leave a comment, and uh, we'll run it for. Let's say, how long do you want to run the competition? 
uh, let's in, let's until the next Red Bulls game. Okay, so at the next when Not we play Red, yeah, when we June play 11th. Red Bulls at home, yeah, that's when we'll announce the winner. That uh, that episode covering that match. Yeah, that's when I'm I'm going to that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll announce the winner then, uh, and we'll post it on our socials as well at offsides underscore CLTFC. And again, if you like the podcast, share it with a friend, even if it means strapping them down to a chair and forcing them to listen. Those download stats always make us feel better. And uh, we will catch you guys at the next one. Bye. Hasta mañana.